Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 86, my interview with my friend Rachel Clark. Um, I was thinking this morning about whether there was anything I wanted to share in the intro. And the simple truth is that there simply isn't. Um, it's it's uh, we're just into January and things are kind of picking up, new projects beginning for probably a lot of us, school semesters starting, um, you know, tentative hopefulness about what the spring has in store. Um, but yeah, I have nothing new to report. So I'm just going to dig right in and read you Rachel's bio right now. Rachel is a transplant from California, makeup artist, hairstylist, painter, singer, and songwriter, an ex-Mormon and a witch, constantly learning and dedicated to the process of finding a meaningful life and living authentically. Um, and I'm sure you guys can tell just from the bio that Rachel is exactly the kind of person that I love to talk to because she just does everything. She lives her life so creatively and is always exploring and thinking about new things and trying new things. Um, and I just loved having this conversation with her. And um, also Rachel did all of the hair and makeup and body paint for my move music video. And I met her um, like on the shooting day for that. So here comes my lovely interview with my lovely friend, Rachel Clark. Enjoy. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by Skylar. Skylar is an LA-based clean fragrance brand that uses clean, conscious ingredients to craft beautiful, innovative, and hypoallergenic scents. And all of their products are vegan and cruelty-free so you can feel good about what you put on your body. I am super sensitive to smells, almost everything gives me a headache. But in the two years I've been wearing Skylar, I have loved it every single day. My fragrance of choice is Willow, but Skylar's best-selling scents are Vanilla Sky and Salt Air. And all of Skylar's fragrances are made to layer, so you can experiment to find the exact combination of scents you love. In addition to gorgeous perfumes, Skylar has lotions, soaps, deodorant, candles, and more. Head to skylar.com slash artifice, that's S-K-Y-L-A-R dot com slash A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E for a 20% discount applied automatically at checkout. Enjoy! You're both so pretty. You have like your leopard print and he has a tiger print and yeah. I'm just looking at the both of you and just feeling like privileged yeah. to be witnessing such beautiful creatures having a little moment let's get a photo together he might he might curl up on the floor over here oh my he's gonna stay and sit by you so anyway, anyway. i i mostly i like to talk with people about like their creative origins and sort of like their thoughts and philosophies about art and then of course like talk about your specific mediums and what you do but um let's start by I would love to hear what you were like as a creative child. <laughs> yeah, what were you up to? Oh, child. Um, 
I was lucky enough to grow up in uh, Southern California. Okay. And we had like a lot of space. And my dad and mom wanted us to uh, uh, enjoy the farm life, I guess. Yeah. So we were like a suburban farm. <laughs> <laughs> so what, really, like, what, like, how much space? Like, was it like a farm or was it like a um, large? We had about two acres. Okay, okay. And we raised sheep and goats and pigs, and oh we had gosh. cats and rabbits, and it was wow. It was a lovely experience growing up doing that. We did 4-H. We I did 4-H too, but in Arizona where nothing grows. <laughs> there you go. We. we mo- we had a garden. We mostly did, when I was in 4-H, I remember making prickly pear ice cream because Arizona. Okay. And um, I remember doing a lot of like embroidery. Yeah. Instead of like yeah. farm things. Did you do any like cake making? Yes. Woodworking? No, no, it was mostly like typical like housewife skills. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like between that and like church stuff you know yeah yep <laughs> it was mostly housewife skills. you learned all the Wait, i was talking to andrew the other skills. day like i was making i was trying i was for the first time making focaccia oh. um bread and i was kneading i was like kneading the dough and i was like do you think it's weird that like i learned how to knead bread dough like as a small child um like in in like activities for girls <laughs> Like, I think about that kind of stuff sometimes, like the stuff that I learned, like not from my mom, not from my grandma, like not in these kind of like organic ways, but like at activities, like with a bunch of other little girls where it was like, you're going to need to know how to make (laughs) bread. Yeah. Which like, I'm glad I know how to make bread. Right. Do you still, you, and you still make bread. I mean, occasionally. Yeah. Well, I can make bread. Right. But that's great. (laughs) It is. It is. But it's also strange. But then I think like every time like he, Andrew will say something to me about like, he'll say something casual about like motors and like, well, you know, like car works like this. And I'm like, how do you know that? And then I just remember like, oh, for the same reason that I know how to make bread. Right. Right. So anyway. So you were creative, like on the farm, like I can, fe- or would you call it a farm or was it like a, like a homestead? Uh, more like a, like a little homestead, I guess you could say. Was it like a, it wasn't your parent, was it your parents like main source of income? No. Okay. No. So it was, it my was dad like was a, a banker. My mom was a teacher. Okay. It was like a kind of like an enriched hobby. Like yes. A, like a beautiful totally creative hobby. Creative hobby. So it was me just, uh, I might basically you could say that my my mom always said she wanted a a canary and then she had me (laughs) and I just remember uh just hanging out with the sheep and dancing and singing in the pastures yeah and I loved it did you feel like did you feel like a magical child like like and i i'm saying the word magical but like i just mean like did you feel like you were responding to your environment in like an extra special kind of a way yeah i think i i'm picking up what you're putting down i felt like that as a kid um like i you know i just remembered like i remember doing things like my next door neighbor had like I, so again, I grew up in Arizona where there are no, tr- there are very few trees, but I love nature. But I, I, my next door neighbor had this, like, just, he was a good gardener, I think. And in his front yard, there was like, 
you know, a little kind of like island in the grass of like just more bushes and trees, you know, like just a little planter area. Mm -hmm. And I used to like crawl in there like so that all of the bushes were like around me. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, like a little clearing inside Mm -hmm. maybe. And I used to just like, I used to just be very, very sure that if I like waited long enough, I would probably see some fairies, you know, (laughs) like having like a vague idea as a child that like, Maybe not other all other kids who are doing stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, did you did you feel like magical about like your environment? Yeah, and I luckily had siblings that were very encouraging. Cool. Of that, my sister was very older, older um, siblings. Yeah, I was the youngest of five. Okay. She was. She always brought out fun games and things for me to so dream sweet. up and do, and we were always rearranging furniture and finding ways to run through the, you know, the pastures and in the rose garden. Yeah. And just, we're very obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> yes. uh, of course. That's, I think this is my point. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just, you come up with like a whole new like world that you've created within yourselves and together. And I had the space to do that. And I'm like very grateful. I yeah. had that. So, um, I love it when I interview artists and they tell me like when I, cause I ask everybody this question, I start with the same question. What were you like as a creative child with everybody? And I love it when artists tell me like, they say something that isn't like the arts. Like they talk about like playing pretend. They talk about like being outside. Yes. Um, I get it. I feel like I get that. So, um, let's talk more about like, so, okay. Help me remember. Hmm. So you do hair and makeup. You're a musician. What are, what are just like, what are the things that you do so that I can know, remember what to ask about? Um, well, I, uh, well, I was also a dancer for many years okay. growing up. Um, and I'm just trying to make sure I'm not like, I also, any. I also, um, I am a painter. Yeah. And I also love to uh, modify clothing. Yeah, I think that was also what I was as a child. You do everything. My this mom is what would. I meant my before. mom and I. She would take me clothes shopping, and she had to have me promise her I wouldn't alter the clothing <laughs> that we bought. And I always broke my promise. Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 So I want to know, like, how did each of these things begin? So I, I'd love to spend some time talking about, like your preteen years. So like before you're like 12, 13, um, just make sure we kind of capture like the beginnings of each of the things that like you're doing now. Um, not that they all had to start before then, but what, what, um, like skill sets or interests did you start like kind of developing during your childhood that it may, mm. that may or may not. So like presumably you were doing some dance then. Yes, I did. Uh, rigorous study with the Royal Academy of Ballet. Ballet. Um, did you, was it the kind of thing where like you had had older sisters be put into ballet or, or brothers, but I'm guessing sisters Actually, no. because of how old we were. <laughs> yes. I mean, like when we grew up. <laughs> right. No. So what's funny is that my parents, since we grew up so close to Hollywood, they took all my siblings to go be extras and do extra work. Oh, okay. But okay. by the time they had me, they just ran out of time. There was more things that they oh, were doing. Okay. But now I'm the only one who now works in film. Interesting. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. That way. So no one really did 
dancer took on to that like I did. Okay, so that's what I I was doing a terrible job of asking the question. You're fine. But um, my question is like, how did they know to put you in dance? Like if it wasn't because I, I got put into dance, but it definitely wasn't because like I was like, please put me in dance. It was definitely because like little girls do dance. Yeah. And it was just like a given. So did you have to like ask to be put into dance? Like how did they know that that was something you'd want? Uh, I don't know. I've just, I've, I was in it for like 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah. of my childhood. I think I just kept saying, I want to go to dance. Yeah. I want to be there. Did you, um, do you remember like how you felt about it? Like, did you feel serious about it from a young age or like, what did you like no, about it? I didn't. Yeah. And I remember that time when I would see the girls just sobbing in the locker room over not getting that part. And yeah. I was like, I don't care. I, I just want to like dance. I just want to be in my Move. body and have fun. And it yeah. wasn't until after I got out of all that rigorous, like testing and ballet. And I mean, we learned French. Yeah. We, we had an examiner, examiner flying from London to, to test us like wow. after each year. Like when I finally got out of that and got into like a jazz class yeah like the local public thing i was like what oh, have i put myself dude, through me this too. is so much more free i didn't do royal ballet academy but i did ballet only and i took a jazz class when i was like 14 and was like i why wasn't i doing this like yes. this is what because i did ballet too and i didn't have like the body type for it and i wasn't that graceful but i have great rhythm like i love of course to dance do. yeah <laughs> and like love music um but yeah i mean i took a jazz class same like I, it was like it was like the hail mary of dance i was like yeah. ready to quit <laughs> took a jazz class and i was really good at it right yeah. away and then i tore my acl so i stopped oh heartbreak it's okay because i was mostly a singer you know yeah. like and i still get to dance like in most of the ways that i'd like to mm -hmm. um but uh yeah ballet wasn't it wasn't the fit for me yeah. i didn't i love the classical music i just wasn't good i was i don't think i was good at it <laughs> you know anyway you so you're probably great so you no i super wasn't like <laughs> there are photos there's photographic evidence of like other little girls oh, with like this perfect posture I, and i'm like all crooked and weird i have photographic evidence of me being terrible at uh gymnastics yeah. so i i know what you're talking about yeah like there's three little girls in a row at the bar with like their leg up on the bar and i'm like all like kinked like <laughs> like and I'm like just a little bit of like just you know like some baby fat yeah Ugh. I mean um, I grew up with like an extensive uh supply of dress-ups I think most of my yeah. friends remember coming to my house and playing dress-ups with me okay I dress-ups I had Barbies Polly Pockets Polly like Pockets. any way like I could create a little world yes me too is just my I had, favorite um, thing I was really into littlest pet shops oh cool and yeah. same thing like I would create little scenes and then we don't play with these we just <laughs> just sit there yeah <laughs> um and the poly pockets too it was like no they go yeah. like this and then we leave them here <laughs> yeah which the dress-ups probably got me into photography all my siblings did photography really and so i got into photography went through high school college and then i had a falling out with my professor and said screw this Dropped out of college and then went to hair school. Okay. Oh my gosh. I like I see. I want to ask you about so many things. <laughs> no, so, that's a lot. <laughs> I love it. That's why. Like I was thinking. I I 
Andrew this morning was like, who are you interviewing today? And I was like, Rachel Clark. And he was like, what does she do? And I was like, what does she not do? She does everything. I don't knit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I do, I want to know more. Like, I love to talk about people's childhood childhoods because I think like, these principles and characteristics that you take with you into your adulthood either get nurtured or tapped into or turned off or, you know, like, I just think it's, I just think it's interesting. And I think it's, I like to hear from people who've maintained creativity into adulthood, like how you did that. Yeah. And I think starting with like your childhood and like, what kind of sparks did you have naturally that like no one kind of, no one gave you, um, what kind of stuff was like nurtured? What kind of stuff did you have to like fight for? Um, so I wanted to hear more about this altering clothing. I would never have dared like, and that's partly cause like I didn't have creative parents and my, you know, my mom and my parents were kind of abusive people. Um, and yeah, like nothing, no, in no way would that I would have been, I would have gotten in so much trouble, but I also think maybe, I just, it never would have occurred to me that that was an option. <laughs> like, we get a new item of clothing and, like, do something to it. So I want to know, like, how did you even think to do that? And then how did you feel, like, permission to do it? Um, <laughs> it's a loaded question. but um, I don't mean from your parents, obviously, because yeah. you already told me your mom was like, don't do it. But how yeah. did you feel like the kind of... Well, we negotiate um, <laughs> all the time. She <laughs> loves her that. heart. Because um, I remember dyeing my hair for the first time when I was 14. Yeah. And um, I, I grew up Mormon. I'm not anymore. But yeah. I still can't remember, can't forget when she said, like, what are they... What are the women at church going to think of me that I let you color your hair? Yeah. And I was like, why? Why do you care what the other yeah, women why? think? Yeah. But I don't know where... I know I kind of do know where I got it from. I, At some point in your childhood, you learn to not care what other people think because people have shown you that they care so much and you kind of have to kill that certain part in your heart I feel like and kind of like be like okay I'm uh I can't worry about what other people think of me and I'm just yeah. gonna do what I want and do it for me because I was a minority growing up in California being Mormon I was the weird kid so I retreated hard to dreamland yeah and that's where I found my friends was yeah. through games and playing and reading exploring. books and yeah. exploring things. And so I guess I gave myself permission. Yeah. I was like, I want to be unique. I want to feel unique. Yeah. I don't want to feel like this conformative sure. thing that I've you been born like, into. You were just like kind of thrashing against it. Like Yeah, like I had just, to do it. Yeah. It just wasn't like... um. But did you... But this is like a tough question maybe, but did you feel like ultimately your family, like you had people, you had safety in your family? Yeah. Like your mom's like, uh, what will I tell the ladies? But then she's like, I love you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's like, I love you anyway. I don't like it, but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah. She just, she's the type where she fights very hard for the people she loves and what's right. Yeah. Um, and the, the, sometimes what they believed would, it would guide my creativity and and 
stunt your family. some and yeah, sure, sure. grow others. Sure. Um, what kind of alterations did you do to clothing? Um, let's see. I would make, well, see, I would learn that in brownies. Cause I mean, yeah. they give you tie dye and they're like, here's some beads, here's some scissors. Yeah. Cut this thing up. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can apply that to everything I have. Yeah. So <laughs> let's fringe it up. So, you know, you add fringe here, you cut this, yeah. sleeves off here, there and there. And not yeah. until I was, you know, a modest teenager, yeah. I could get away with a bit. But even then, my mom was very strict with me on yeah. modesty. She yeah. never wanted me to be a model. She never wanted me to have to enter that lifestyle because she knew when, to her, it meant uh, just a lot of suffering on yeah, my yeah, part yeah. and she just yeah. did not want that but she still was like you know go ahead and create yeah. make stuff she could separate like your creativity from like some kind of societal pressure or something yes like my um, finding my self-worth but also like taking the clothes keeping them modest but keeping them unique because i was yeah so sick of what they had in the store yeah, and you i just needed more and i had to be unique yeah <laughs> on a budget <laughs> um did you feel like okay and uh, you know sometimes when we're talking about like our childhood stuff it's it's like hard to separate like how those things have like evolved with you into adulthood but like this feeling of like i need to be unique when you were little so not not so much now but when you were little did you feel like you knew you were, I mean, we're all unique, but did you, but did you have a feeling like I'm really different and I need to manifest that? Or did, was it more at that point in your life? Like I really want to be different. Um, I'm really different and I don't know how to fit in this world. Yeah. And I'm just going to check that this is still on, but, but, um, but I'm hearing you. Um, yeah, I, get that I think like I felt like that too but again like my situation was different because I think like my my parents were really harsh and not like I didn't really feel like loved and accepted even you know at home and I definitely didn't feel like my little personality was like valued or my mm. like my little gifts as you know just as all people have yeah um so I felt different, but I definitely didn't feel empowered, you know, like, and, and I, um, yeah, I mean, I think like, I think my kind of coping strategy with like my different feeling was to try to like, not squash it. Cause I always did feel like there will come a time in my life where I can be who I am, but I kind of felt like let's blend in and get to age 18 and move out then yeah. figure it out um uh, i know those times definitely yeah but it sounds like you kind of had like a fierce commitment to like no god damn it i am different <laughs> like <laughs> making it so um which yeah I'm, won I'm wondering if that had more to do with like like an aspiration like i see adults who are different and like i want to be like that like how you saw like a future self or like I just am totally different and I know I am. And like, I will make sure other people see that too. Um, it wasn't until many, many, many moons later that I figured out why I felt so different because most of my life I, I had a secret death wish that I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. 
And it wasn't until I found out that I had been sexually abused as a child. Oh, yeah. And no one knew about it. But my body had manifested that yeah. many, many times. And that's why I had, I had chosen many poor relationships. Okay. From it. And so healing that was huge for my growth. Um, but looking back, I can see why I was such an introvert. And I was still, yeah. I was clinging and not clinging, but just craving that difference but also somewhere to belong yeah, to. Yeah, like, well, and pro- probably some of it's, like, an autonomy thing, yeah. I would imagine. Like, I am different. I am, like, I'm a unique person. Like, I have this autonomy. If I can imagine I can imagine that being, like, a, a response. So then, like, now, um, do you do you feel like you've had to, like, do you feel like you've had to, like, reframe that... Um, that character trait of like exploring and like differentiating. Do you feel like you've had to reframe that in adulthood so that it means like something different and like safer? Uh, I feel like I have to try harder to spend more time with myself to express myself. Um, Take the time to make the art because I'm, I'm so much happier now and healed. Yeah. I feel more relaxed. Yeah. And so I feel like there are other things that I, I need and want to do to help others. Yeah. They can feel this way too. Yeah. So like your, your, um, and not that like all of your creativity is wrapped up in like, you know, I'm using the word differentiating cause I don't know a, like a better word for it, but, um, not that all of your creativity is wrapped up in that, but like now you're able to use both like that impulse and the creativity to like, they're not, it's not so much about you or exclusively not like you can put more of it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I feel like I, I was just talking about this with someone recently. I was, or well, actually I was teaching, I was, I was hired to teach like a zoom class to um some snow college students on like create, like maintaining, creative creativity like while being productive and entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. like can you be like a good entrepreneur and still be creative which yes um but like I am a super productive person like I think people could accuse me of like working too much (laughs) except that I just love it like there's nothing that I would rather do like it it brings me like genuine joy but I developed some of these productivity habits when I was a teenager and I was really trying hard to like earn love. Um, And so I've had to work really hard to like reframe that and make sure that like I'm being productive because like I love it and not because I'm trying to like earn love. But it's the same thing, but like a different context. Yeah. Yeah. Different intention. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I for sure was not healthy about it as a teen. But then, like, it just became so much of, like, it just informed my personality, I think. Um, Like, I like to be busy and I like to, like, be, like, when I say productive, I just mean, like, I want to, I like to be making things. Like, I like to produce things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, working with your hands. It makes me feel so much joy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I have to be careful to, to keep the good parts of it and, like 
or reframe it so that it that it's no longer like you know like a like a toxic type of a thing um okay when did you start getting like okay so i think hair and makeup like the way that i think of it and they're not things that i like know a lot about but it's a it's so much seems like it's so much about like color and texture as is painting um do you remember like a time when you started feeling like really interested in like color and texture and like making things that you could that were like visual and tangible Hmm. well when you say interested in I also think of when was a time where you were making something and it brought you joy yeah and uh the first time I remember making something that I actually was happy about and proud of I think was when I had a good teacher teaching me how to put together this sweater it was for I think it was for 4-H and we had to make these Christmas sweaters and cut out Santa and put them on the sweater and and my teacher wasn't my mother this time yeah which was nice yeah 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 <laughs> and it was a very encouraging and wonderful teacher and it made me proud and it brought me happiness to be left to this thing that I was making and I think that's when I was like, oh, this is... This is really satisfying. This is very satisfying. Yeah. And I like this. Okay, I love it. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm, like, capturing... I as far back as I can Okay, right perfect. Uh, and then one final question um, about, like, your kind of childhood. Like, when did you start, if, if ever, like, taking any music lessons? Because, like, you're in a band now, and you write, and you sing. Um, is that something that you, like, started in your adulthood, or did you have any lessons as a kid? When I was a kid, I did piano lessons. Okay. But again, I was a very social person. And so I only took piano lessons from my friends' mothers. So okay. I could just go hang out with my friends. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I wasn't the best student. Like, I can still play piano now. There was just a little introduction to that. There was definitely like, a small introduction. And then in high school, like, I got really into, like, being a punk rock girl. and Okay. And, like, wanting music and all that stuff. And try taking some lessons but I was just I was on singing or piano or uh, guitar? guitar okay guitar but I was too involved with boys okay <laughs> okay so, so by the time you're like eight like let's take a snapshot of like you're in your senior year of high school or you're about 18 or whatever you're like before you decide to go to hair school um what like, what are you like as an artist and a creative, like, at that time? Like, what's valuable to you? What do you feel like you're kind of better at? Like, you know, like, what are the skills that you're, like, focusing on most? Um, like, what is your identity like? Like, just what's, what's the, <laughs> what's the snapshot of, like, the creative, the creativity and the artistic skills and, like, outlook of, like, 18-year-old Rachel? Oh. Or 17 or, like, you know, whatever. That <laughs> 18-year-old kind of. Rachel. Um... Sneaking around, smoking weed, and uh, <laughs> getting into all sorts of trouble. I was taking photography, doing yearbook, learning Photoshop, um, but you... really just like so consumed with my parents in my life, tell like 
just too involved with my spirituality and I really was over being religious and really wanting to break out. And so I was rebelling in any way I could. I was changing my clothing, uh, just making anything, talking to anyone. Do you feel those things? Like I, I'm, I think I probably know the answer, but I want, I'd like to hear it from your perspective anyway. Yeah. Did you feel like your creative identity and like this religion, spirituality part of your identity as like fully intertwined. Yeah. 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 yeah so that makes sense. Cause like, I, I mean, and I, I know you're a witch now and I want to talk about that too. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm kind of wondering like, yeah, I was asking about like your creativity and then like this like kind of religious break, like, or this break with like the spirituality and religious language of your family and your community is like wrapped all up in that. Okay. So that's important. Like you're at a time when you're like, I maybe finally have kind of like the autonomy to like do things my own way in terms of religion and spirituality. And you're doing photography and yearbook and Photoshop. Were you feeling like serious about those things or was it just like, this is what I do? Or did you feel like this might be a career? Um, Like, did you, did you take like, I was just trying to survive. Okay. I was very suicidal at the time. Okay. And so every day was a challenge. Yeah. So I didn't really think ahead, even though that was forced down my throat all the time. Yeah. But I see three days after I was shipped out to Utah. Okay. After I graduated. Okay. Okay. So, but but then I was, I was, I had time to think, kind of figure it out. What do I want to do? But luckily I had time to take all the classes. I, needed to go from there all this creativity like it really felt like to you at that time it felt like just I had to give myself like a reason to be to like make it to another day it was my escape okay like I draw all over my walls my ceiling my dresser was like an art piece yeah yeah so you're just making art like literally everywhere you're drawing you're painting you're changing your clothes you're like altering your clothing Mm -hmm. you were you still doing dance i had to quit i got so sick i'd bruised my ribs okay it's time to just lay yeah dancing to rest okay yeah i mean i just told you yeah it just just happens (laughs) yeah sometimes our bodies just aren't meant to do that yeah um were you and were you weren't doing any formal music then like just consuming music, just consuming. Okay, consuming music and definitely being part of the music culture, but not making music at that point. No, just... I, I would be the one photographing all the bands. Okay, and <laughs> were you like getting into film yet, or was that something that kind of happened more later? Um, what do you mean, like photography? Well, don't you like occasionally work like in film, like with filmmakers now? Oh yes, yeah, yes. and that wasn't happening then, quite yet. No. Okay. Not until college. Okay. So you left California, not on purpose. You no. got kicked out of California. Yeah. At a one-way ticket. You know, my roommate, I, I, can't, I think maybe we talked about this. Rachel and I have met one time in person, but <laughs> we, when someone's doing your hair and makeup, it's you get close quickly, I feel. Yes. You know? It's, it's very like, intimate, like personal. five inches away from your face. Like, uh-huh. if I feel like I've known you for longer. Um what was I going to ask you? Oh, I, th- I think we maybe talked about this that one day that you were doing my hair and makeup. <laughs> 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 uh, 
um, which feels like a lifetime ago, by the way. Yes. It was like a year and a half ago, but it feels like a really long time ago. Mm -hmm. Rachel did my hair and makeup for the Move music video. So good. And everyone's hair and makeup and body paint. Yeah. Um, So fun. What was I going to ask you? Oh, I know. I forgot now twice. Um, <laughs> I just burped. It's okay. I don't think it was audible at all. Okay, good. But everyone knows because you announced it. Yep. <laughs> it's like we were talking about that time, though. We're mammals. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like if you're a mammal, you burp sometimes. Yeah. Um, or do lizards and birds do that? Probably they do. Definitely mammals do. I feel confident about that. Um, yeah. I went to BYU for one year as well. And then also, I think I was different from you in the sense that I, um, I didn't have any issues with religion until I was a bit older. But for me, I think it was like, I had so many issues with my family. Um, Mm. religion was like the one thing that felt constant to me. And I think I didn't, I wasn't in like a place where I could deal with that until I was, um. I felt safer in family, which was when I got married. Um, Same. Yeah. Same. I didn't leave until I got married. So I went to BYU one year and I had a roommate who got kicked out of California and sent to BYU. And she was actually like, I think she, now I didn't think about this before, but like, I bet you guys have a ton in common. She was also like super creative with everything all the time. Um, I remember she would like sometimes ask me to like, if she could scan my hair on her scanner because she like was always making like these collages. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. And she was, she was always like, can I borrow your hair? Like, she would scan my hair, <laughs> like a little desk printer scanner. Um, that's amazing. But she was miserable there. And I was miserable too, but for different reasons. And we were just roommates who were both just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Those are the best people to meet. <laughs> we were uh, both but, so miserable that we couldn't really share our misery that much. We were yeah. both just like, but I'm sure you helped each year. other and needed each other. I, I think I needed her. I hope, I don't know how she feels. She had siblings there who were like similar to her. So I think, Oh, that's nice. But I was very like, anyway, I remember one time she got kicked out of the, um, we, we together, we went to like the cafeteria for dinner mm-hmm. and she got kicked out cause she was like not wearing pants. <laughs> she was wearing like a long coat and like nylons. Like she just wasn't wearing pants. Um, and they were like, you can't come in here to eat. And she was like so mad about it, Aww. which like justifiably, but I was like, you're also kind of not wearing pants. <laughs> I love her. I just, you, you, you do. You definitely do. <laughs> Um, she's back in California now, I think. Anyway, so you were forced to come to Utah. And at that point, you kind of had the freedom to like decide what you wanted to do and decide what you wanted. Like you could think about the future. Yeah. What did you think you wanted to do at that age? Well, I took more clothing classes. Yeah. Which is so weird that I don't do clothing now. (laughs) Yeah, but you totally do. I do. Yeah. Actually, I am working on a project right now where I'm learning to paint denim. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And you also do clothing as a human. Yes. Like you just, you dress yourself in an artistic way. Yes. Well, I did these shoes. I these love it. These are my it. mouth shoes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, you took, you put the spikes on them mm-hmm. and then you also did, there's a logo embroidered or like an yeah, embroidered logo on a patch on yeah. Rachel's shoe. They're really cool. Uh. Um, I'm not that experimental with my clothing. I can't keep track of it. <laughs> I look in my closet and I'm just like, Ugh. it just doesn't, doesn't sparkle my brain. 
I feel like that's when you need to mix it up. I reject, I kind of reject clothing sometimes. (laughs) I just feel like, can I just wear black? Are you nudist? No, I'm well, no, (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) You never know till you try. I don't like wearing things that have seams. So maybe in that way. Yeah. I like having clothing, but the clothing that doesn't feel like clothing. Okay. Yeah. You need to invest in some moomoos. Maybe I am a nudist. It's more like I want to wear spandex exclusively and no bra. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm down. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, Well, my pants are black jeans, but they're so stretchy. Yeah. I like it. Comfort. Um, Okay. Rachel, we're talking about you and not about the fact that I might be a nudist. We could I'm be totally here not. all day. <laughs> um, so, okay. I love talking about creativity, our philosophies about creativity, where it comes from. I love talking about how we use art to express ourselves, how we can use creativity and art to understand each other and to communicate like across generations, across genders across racial lines across whatever like i love the idea that creativity and art help us like understand people who are different from ourselves for what in whatever way um those are topics that i love and maybe i'll just ask you what like what do you want to talk about maybe you know and if not i'll ask you like more specific questions about your life but maybe you kind of know what you'd like to to talk about oh like what what stuff is like you can even we can even just talk about like what's on your mind lately or we can do this later and we can continue to like connect some dots into like how you built your career you're adorable <laughs> um i have been thinking about um art and finding magic in art um and like when you I've been thinking a lot of things about that, but like we can when go you... wherever I'm with you, <laughs> I'm here. Um, let's see where I want to go with this. Or you can think about it and we can just <clears throat> like talk more chronologically for a little while about like how you got through hair school, how you started. <laughs> like we can, I mean, I, at some point in this conversation, I want to talk about like whatever kind of stuff is like in your mind and being about these things. But we normally I talk chronologically with people and then at the end, but I just, you know, I thought I would just see. So maybe just think about it. Okay. And instead. Okay. Well, Oh, go ahead. Okay. So I think I know where to go with this. Um, I didn't start painting till a couple of years ago Okay. when, um, my husband was in a touring band and they were very serious. Um, and I kind of lost myself in the band and worrying about the band yeah. Where I kind of like, I was, you know. You was, were doing everything for the band. Yeah. I, I needed to do more for my life. And I kind of was. I'd, I had had a midlife crisis where I gave up hair and makeup. I had moved from Utah to Arizona to California so he could learn like audio engineering and then came back to Utah and was like, I'm done with hair and makeup. I don't want to do it anymore. Started being a server for two years. Kind of lost myself in it. And then it wasn't until a friend was like, oh, you do hair and makeup? Or like, no. She said, do you do hair? Because she needed someone for this big photo shoot. And and uh, I said, yeah. And she's like, well, do you do makeup? And I was like, sure. 
and I didn't do makeup. Okay, 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 cool. And I was like, uh, okay. So I taught myself makeup and started my career off that and used that money to build my kit, built connections, and okay. went from there. And it was a great, amazing thing because then I got back into hair and makeup yeah. and got my life back. How old were you when that happened? That was 2012. So not too long ago. 20, so I'd be 25 or something. <laughs> like, how old are you? I'm 35. Okay. Yeah. So you would have been like 28, <clears throat> 7. Yeah. Or something. 27, Okay. Yeah. It's just full, like. So, okay, wait. Change. I have a follow up question. Yeah. So you went, okay, you started, you, you were at BYU and it was like not, you were like, this isn't. You well, I did BYU and UVU. Okay. So I went back and forth. Okay, but you were but you were doing that and you were thinking about photography. Is that mm -hmm. right? Or merchandising? Which, which? Photography. Okay, photography. Um, you were saying you were taking clothes classes, I think, and then I got confused. Um, so yeah, then, I, did, I, did, I did everything I could. So I did okay, clothing. You were just taking like a ton of art classes, just, everything yeah, you could. Everything, drawing. And then at some point you were like, this isn't working, and you quit that and went to hair school. Yeah. And when you went to hair school... Were you aware at that time that that was like going to feel like art to you? Or did you feel like it was like, I just need to be able to make money? Or, or did it feel like... Oh, I loved it. Okay. I loved it. It felt artful then and then you kind of fell out of love with it because why? Um, I only fell out of love with it maybe like two or three years ago. Okay. Wait. Just working in the salon part. But I still love doing hair and makeup. No, no. I mean, like, before you quit and became a server. Like, why did you quit the first oh, time? Oh, because yeah. we moved and I was just done. In the sense of, like, when you feel like you have no time for yourself or your own you thoughts. You just were, like, burned and, out. And I just felt burned out. Like, okay. people texting you all the time. I need to get in. need to get in. Also, starving half the time. Not feeling like my purpose or it stopped feeling like path. artful. It was like just a grind. Yeah. It was a dumb grind. And I was, which I found out later, I was sucking up people's energy that I didn't need to. And I didn't know how to not do that. So I was just exhausted. Oh, you mean like your clients, like just every day talking yes. with your clients? Yes. Interesting. Okay. And I didn't realize that till like 10 or 12 years later when I had a few tarot readings that were like, you're done doing hair. You, okay, okay. You I need see. to quit. <laughs> yeah, now you only do hair and makeup for like events. Uh commercials. Okay. So yeah, I don't do weddings film. anymore. Okay. I did a few TV shows. I did I wasn't a few even movies. thinking about weddings. I was just I was thinking of like people film like yeah. I, I was thinking like <clears throat> big photo shoots for like artists and commercials and music yeah, so videos I, and film. Yeah. So I love doing music videos and photo okay. shoots and like commercials. So you, okay, okay. So I see. It wasn't so much like doing the hair, it was like being a stylist in a salon every day. Yes. That was the problem. That was okay. the burnout. Okay, okay, okay. And then when did you get married? 2008. Okay. So 12 years ago. Okay. I have been married. I have been married for 10 years. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's so like, weird. I feel so young. It's crazy to me to think about that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm turning 33, like in April. So we're like, oh. we're like pretty much the same age. Yeah. So, Okay. Your, what's your husband's name? Jordan. Okay. I don't think I've met him. Uh, why would I have met him? Um, he, so he was already like, he was in the band when you met or that started later? He was 
he's always been in a band in a band but that band that he was touring with the band he was touring with okay so full circle uh he was in that band touring so when we moved back from california he started with the band i started doing hair and makeup styling full time and when they broke up I started painting to get through the grief. Okay, I see. Okay, so you had lost yourself in the band. You committed everything to the band, and then they broke up, and then it was like you had nothing left. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I had some. I just mean like that's like the but that's the it kind was of just it loose felt, narrative. It felt like a big divorce. Okay. In our yeah. lives, because we lost friends, we lost yeah a lot of things. He had to start over and figure things out. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to us. Sure. Especially him. Yeah. Um, but that's when I started painting. Okay. I had a couple art shows. And you were like 27. Okay. So it, so before that, you had gained all these skills, but you were kind of investing them into his band and his kind of career, even just in the sense of like, like you said, like moving kind of where he needed to go. Yeah. Just being, you know, yeah. a uh, supportive wife. Yeah. And then when the band broke up, like it was probably, I'm imagining a bit of a simultaneous, like, well, now I don't have this same place to pour all of my creativity. And I'm also realizing like, I haven't really built anything for myself in a long time. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. So then you taught yourself makeup, you started painting. Um, did you, so when you guys didn't start mouth until a bit later though, right? Yes. So I, right after the painting, um, I had, I started working on movies and that was like a crazy wild experience. Doing hair and makeup. Doing hair and okay. makeup. And then in the middle of that, I had an art show, my first art show. Okay. And I sold out of everything. Awesome. And it was incredible. Yeah. And, and then we kept going and then it was the end of working on, um, season two of Dwight and Shining Armor with BYU TV that... Okay. Uh, my husband was like, Hey, let's write some music that you'll sing. Let's yeah. do something together. And I'm like, finally. Yeah. I'm like, I've only <laughs> wanted to be in a band since I was like 14. <laughs> yeah. And so he starts writing some music and I start chiming in here and there. And, uh, soon we've got like a few songs and, uh, we, we started mouse. Yeah. Awesome. So. Okay, when, like, did you, have you always thought of yourself as an artist or was there like a time when you're like, oh, I'm an artist, everything I do is art? Anytime I try to get a real job, it just didn't. It just doesn't, yeah. didn't work. I had 30 jobs by the time I was 30. But like, did it take you a while of that before you were like, I'm an artist or did you kind of always know? I was always fighting it, fighting it. I'm like, no, you were an artist, just be an artist, just... <laughs> but you identified that way, like you felt, you thought of yourself as an artist from a young age. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then like follow up question to that. Do you ever feel like, because you have so many mediums, do you ever feel like... Jack of all trades, master of none? Well, <laughs> maybe like that's part of it, but I mean just more like, I'm trying to think of what I want to ask. Like I, that's not the main thing I'm wondering, but like, do you feel... Do you feel like maybe because you can't, you, you wouldn't point to like one thing, do you ever feel like, 
I don't know. I mean, like, do you have feelings about it? I guess. Like, what do you feel about the fact that like, there's not like kind of one thing that you'd say, like, I am, you know, I mean like an artist, but if there's not kind of one thing that you're like, this is what I do, maybe, maybe here's what it is. Sometimes when our careers are hard for other people to understand. Yes. I get that. And I do a lot fewer, (laughs) fewer mediums than you. But like when, when I tell people I'm a musician, I watch it, I watch it cross their face. Like, what does that mean? Like, I Mm -hmm. know that they have no idea. And then when they ask me like, what do you do? It's such a can of worms. I'm just like, there's, it would take so long for me to explain to you like what I do and how I make money. Um, and there's no answer that you would find satisfying, you know, like, I mean, I just mean like people who aren't in the industry, like Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, so I, I have to imagine that you feel that like more than I do. Uh, Maybe I, maybe you don't, maybe I'm like projecting, but I remember you telling me this and yeah, (laughs) Oh. Yeah, but just in a way that like you really just wanted to be understood. You want people to see you. Yeah. Like this is me, this is all of me. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And I don't even give anybody a chance to respond. You just don't feel I'm like, like that. I am me. This is the space I'm taking up, which I've learned through many years of therapy how to take up this space that I am holding. Yeah. And be like, fuck it. Yeah. You know, I'm owning this. Is this. Just, these are all this the things it. I'm doing. You can sit there and muddle in your head. And I mean, I, I'll have those days of imposter syndrome for sure. Um, because like, do you, do you feel imposter syndrome because like you didn't go to school for makeup or you didn't go to school for music? Like, do you feel imposter syndrome because of that? Like you don't feel like I, you have. I feel it from letting other people in. Okay. Letting people project onto me what they think I should be getting wrapped up in social media when I should be sitting with my own thoughts and daydreaming yeah. longer. What, what are the, if you don't mind me asking, like, what are the things that you feel like people think you should be? Like, what are like some of the names of like those types of boxes that you feel like people expect you to be in? Um, I don't know. I don't give it much thought. Yeah, you just feel it happening, and then you're like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm like, I just don't worry about you. I mean, I I could make up a few things, like I'm supposed to be a mother, and I'm supposed oh. to be this like perfect housewife that knows how to cook. Barf. But you did do 4-H, so you can probably make bread. <laughs> I can make bread. <laughs> I can make pretty good sourdough. <laughs> but... Yeah, I thought you were going to say like art things, but like, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, I yes. mean, sometimes there is the pressure when you're doing art that you feel like you're <laughs> like the war of art. <laughs> yeah, that book is amazing. I, I've been reading it. Well, OK, are there more than one book called The War of Art? There's The Art of War, which is a completely different right. book. Right. But The War of Art, there's only one of those, right? There's only one. OK, so I had a friend that recommended it and I downloaded it. It's like currently I'm in the middle of it in my like audible. And I keep thinking maybe I'm reading the wrong book because I don't like it that much. <laughs> I should be <laughs> talking like, about resistance. Yes. Maybe it's just the narrator is bothering me. Oh, but, uh, I definitely would probably just get a, a, just a real it. copy. Because from there are eyeballs. like short, tiny little chapters. Oh. It's very pleasing to the eye. Yeah, maybe it's just the narrator just sounds... Oh, the narrator can definitely ruin it. I think that must be what's happening. Anyway, anyway. what were you going to say about the War of Art? <laughs> what were you going to say about it? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I mean... What was I saying before that? Like, feeling like people are trying to put you in a box. Oh, yes. So, like, I can definitely sit online and look at everybody else's art and be like, oh, it's so much prettier. But there's something that happened to me, I think, after I met you. I got in a sledding accident. Oh, my gosh. And I got a concussion that lasted eight months. Holy cow. And I had to be analog <laughs> for two months. Whoa. Couldn't watch TV. Couldn't watch a movie. Uh, we listened to records. Holy I, cow. I started drawing again. I started painting again. I started writing and getting into the thick of doing all that. And going to work was even harder. I would have like emotional breakdowns if there was too much light going on. It was just like a very, very long process, but I learned so much. You learned skills. In that moment. And I think that is what gave me the courage to do mouth, to be a front woman, because I was terrified. Yeah, when we we talked, so it was in, it was June of 2019. Okay, so maybe I had met you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like you were just getting started with mouth. Like, I mean, the way that I remember you talking about it and it's hard to know whether it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I talk a little differently to someone that I'm just meeting for the first time. Cause you just don't, yeah. you just start feeling it out. But it sounded like it was not brand new, but like still new ish. Yeah. Like you maybe hadn't put anything out yet or yeah, had we just had barely started putting something out. Yeah. We had an EP that we put out in April earlier that year. Okay. Because, yeah, we are, I think we're going on year two. Yeah. My gosh, it just goes by so fast. Well, this year has been so odd. Like, I keep forgetting, like, I keep thinking that that was, like, this past June, but no, it was a year and a half ago. Um, I forgot what I was trying to ask you right now, but I do, I did remember better when I was asking you about, like, all the different things that you do. I think the thing that I really wanted to ask is, like, do you get feeling lost in it? Do you ever get feeling like I'm doing all of these things? Like, where should I be focusing? Or like, like, do you feel a little lost in like how much there is that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. And what do? You, how do you? It's what do you do? So, I can be like, here's my calendar. I know that I will have this much, hopefully, this much work because I'm a uh, word of mouth, gig by gig basis. Sure. For my income doing hair and makeup, which I love, but sometimes it does get tedious. Yeah. And so you got to sprinkle in some creativity and happiness. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have your daily stuff that you got to do. You got to still do your laundry. Yeah. And we have chickens and we have cats yeah. and we got to like worry about them in the house. And, yeah. um, but then also just feeding your soul and having yeah. downtime, like dream time and daydreaming is super important for my creativity. Me too. And I haven't noticed, I haven't realized that until this year where, really? where you went analog or yeah. last year. Well, that, that was a couple of years yeah. ago, oh. but learning to do more of that yeah. all the time, getting in my body, getting yeah. out of my head into my body, which I had to learn really hard when I had my concussion because yeah. I feel like, dissociation is something you learn uh as a woman and yes. also being in a very oppressive religion yep you you don't learn to be in your body so i'm totally. having all these things come up it's been a huge year of healing it's been wonderful yeah. so i've just been giving myself a break 
Yeah. Because I feel so much pressure to be this person that's creating all the time. And yeah. yes, I do get jealous watching other people create and yeah. thinking, why, why can't I do more of this, more of that? But I'm learning to just let things go. Like this, like this photography doesn't feel right right now. I feel drawn to this. Okay, go that way. Yeah. Like if you want to paint right now, paint. So in the winter time, I'll paint. I'll start creating things to make secondary income, but also yeah. just they're gifts. I love to just yeah. give things to people that I'm making. I think, I think I'm relating to you a whole lot. Like, cause I, like I said, I don't do as many mediums as you, but like within music, I do a bunch of different stuff and yeah, sometimes I feel a little lost in it, but it's not because like, like it's, it's more because I like all of it so much mm -hmm. that sometimes I'm like, am I just, am I focusing on this because I'm trying to distract myself from this other thing I should be working on? Or am I focusing on this because like, it's really where my intuition is. Yes. Like I get, yeah. Like hey, I, I love procrastinating. Yeah. It's like I, I sometimes like, I'm not sure. Like, or like, is what I'm doing creative exploration or like, am I distracting myself? Right. But yeah. don't you find like, sometimes you flourish in the chaos. I totally do. Right. But that's what I, but that's kind of what I'm saying. I think like I get a little lost sometimes. Cause I think, I think the way that my creativity works is sometimes I get really big and then I slowly like zoom in and sometimes I can't quite tell what I'm doing mm -hmm. until I've done. Like I kind of have to like focus on something that maybe doesn't have a specific end. And then like I'm doing something else. And then like a year later, I'm like, oh, these can work together. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. Get, a, I get a little lost in like that kind of thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like I have a painting I've been working on forever. Yeah. I picked some, some tarot cards last weekend and Alice in Wonderland, of course. Yeah. And they helped me figure out to finish my painting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's just years later and you're like, you know what? Oh my gosh. It sucks that I don't know how to finish this right now. Yeah. But I know it will come. I'm so like that. I'm yeah. so totally it's like that. It's the creative that. process. Yes. And you that's why let, like when people ask yeah. me what I'm doing, I'm like, mm, you just come with up something, I don't know. something <laughs> short and sweet that will make them be, I guess, whatever yeah. kind of satisfied they want to be. And they'll, uh, or just know that they never will be. They never yeah. will be. <laughs> you walk away knowing that you have a cute little smile on your face yeah. that they don't need to know about. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Okay. I want to talk about more of these things. So like the stuff, okay. The stuff you've been focusing on this year mm -hmm. has been this like embodiment stuff. Yeah. And there was something else. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Maybe just follow, like focusing on what you want to focus on. Yeah. Just give myself some space. Sometime. Yeah. 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 That's right. So I have dealt with a lot of this embodiment stuff too, which like is totally a woman thing and totally a, like religion thing. Yep. And I, I try to be careful to say, like, I think with religion, like so much of it has to do with who raised you and like what your very specific congregation was like. And I think that there are like Mormon women who are like very embodied, but like yes. I wasn't one of them. Yeah, I wasn't either. You weren't either. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, I had a similar thing where like, I've talked about this on the podcast a bit, so I don't need to say much, but I haven't talked about it with you. So I'll say it a little. Yeah. Um, I had like crippling back pain and started going to physical therapy and the physical therapist was like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like there's nothing like structurally wrong. Like this is like psychosomatic, like your muscles are really tense for no like chronic reason. Um, and I had to kind of, I think like my body was 
Like I wasn't paying attention to it and I wasn't connected to myself and my body was like, Hey, there are problems that you need to focus on. Yeah. Um, so that's my, that's like my thing, but I'd love to just like, do you feel like you have any like nuggets of wisdom to share or if you want to like talk about anything, like if that's kind of what's on your mind this year, like, what are you thinking about? Um, well, I decided halfway through the pandemic that I needed something to get into my body. So I got a fitness pole. Cool. Or a stripper pole. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Awesome. It's like supposed to be like amazing. It is. It's so hard. (laughs) Core strength. It's so hard, but it's been amazing to feel empowered through your body and sexually alive. And you you didn't feel like that before? Not at all. It's so weird to me. Like, you know, the way that we perceive each other, because like you seem you I would have guessed that you felt really like connected with your body. Yeah. It's all that just thought. wasn't something you were feeling like. <laughs> but I mean, like when we yeah. got on stage, we get on this persona. Yeah. And sometimes your old self meets up with the person on stage, but maybe they don't. Maybe behind the scenes you are a mess afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just one of those things I've learned too is get on that stage, leave everything there and don't get off it and think about what I did wrong. Yeah. And it's taken me a while to figure that out, Mm. but I absolutely love it. It's a great release. So with that and pull and just taking walks, um, yeah. Daydreaming. That's what, yeah. yeah, That's what you're saying. Daydreaming, taking the time to be with me, meditating, breath work, journal writing, Do you feel, um, like, do you feel any conflict between, like, the art that you want to make to, like, realize yourself and just that you love versus, like, trying to make a living? Do you feel, like, conflict there? Oh, totally. What does that feel like? I read recently someone was saying, like, the reason your art sucks is because your taste, it's, it's, you're trying to, your taste sucks. Oh. (laughs) Like, like, because, like, not that your taste sucks, but it's like you are making art that's not like what you would want to consume. To consume. Yeah. You're making art for other people. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have to think, okay, but I'm I'm just trying to yeah. express myself. I'm trying to take this thing out of my head and put it into this form of music or art or something. And I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with the whole process of it. And the practice of it and just being okay with it. Yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. I have a different, I have a different struggle. Like I feel pretty good about the art that I make. Like I, if I make something that like I like, then I feel good about it. Yeah. Um, but I feel the thing that I feel insecure about and like never stop feeling insecure about, like I hope that it's something that I'll figure out. Like I'm working on it all the time. I'm always talking about it with my therapist, but like I have this problem where, and I'm sure I think I must've been talking about this with you that day that we were hanging out. Um, but I feel like I, as a human, like the way I walk around in the world and even just the way I communicate, which I, I try to be pretty authentic. Like I, I don't feel like I'm not, if there's something about me that's inauthentic, it's like, I haven't discovered it yet. You know, like it's just cause I'm like not old enough to have like been like, Oh, um, but intent intentional, like I, from my intentions, like I think I'm pretty transparent. 
Um, but nevertheless, I feel like there is a mismatch between like the person that I am and the art that I make and that it makes people have a hard time like receiving it. So do you feel like you're authentic? I do. Like, like truly? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like I am. I think, I think I have like authentic fears. (laughs) Like, I think those are all, I think like, you know, when your parents reject you, like that stuff is like freaking in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think I have, I think I have some authentic, like guarding. Um, but in terms of like what I wear, how I talk, like how I write, and I don't mean like music necessarily, but like just prose, like how I present myself like online. I think the way I present myself online is the same that I present myself like to people. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I feel like I feel authentic, but, um, but I do think there's like a perceived mismatch, like people, and I might just be totally projecting, but I feel like, I feel like if people thought like I was cooler, they would pay more attention to my art and be like, oh, this is cool. Oh, are you talking about kind of like branding? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. You're wondering if your branding and your art are matching up and you're worried that they're not. Or just that like, there's, okay, here's what it is. I feel like, people have certain expectations for how artists are supposed to like look. They do. Yeah. And I feel like I just am not that. And if I was trying to look like that, that would be inauthentic. Yes. Yeah. And I love to, I love it when artists break that open. Yeah. And they say, nope, I'm an artist. Yeah. I can do whatever the hell I want. They don't need to match your ideals or any of that. Yeah. And I loved, I love doing that too. Yeah. But then I also fight it in my head. I'm like, seeing all these other things and influences and like, I feel good about the, I struggle with it. I feel right about it. Like, I feel like, no, this is what I am like. And this is the art that I make. And if it doesn't make sense to you that they're like, this art is coming from someone who's like me, like that's a you problem, not a me problem. Good, That's good. Um, But that's how I feel. But nevertheless, I feel stressed out, but that it's a problem, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I feel, I get feeling like, really preoccupied about that like just the misun just i do hate feeling misunderstood yeah it's like the it's the that's like my touchstone sounds thing. like you need to write an album about being misunderstood <laughs> i did it's called masks and, and i feel like it one. didn't help i feel like more misunderstood um now but uh yeah i do, do i have another album i'm already working on it good it's not about being misunderstood okay that's <laughs> well, okay Maybe it is. Maybe it's part two. Maybe not. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Do you think it's I'm kind excited of about it? Interesting that you wrote uh, an album about masks, and now we're in them all the time. I, I think it's odd. Um, as so many did I did I tell you or did you see I I've been taking these digital marketing classes to kind of like learn how to run Facebook ads and stuff like that. And like I had my, my album came out on May 8th. I set the date like forever ago. I mean, like a full year before the pandemic started, I was like, yeah, you're going to come out in May. So hard on that. Uh, Yes. And like I had, I made 15 ads. Like I made this huge, like 
it was like this beautiful structure where like if anybody bought anything they would get like they would get an advertisement that I paid for this just like thank you like I just built like I made a million videos I built like 15 ads and Facebook like rejected all of them because they all had the word masks in them and it was like you're trying to profit off a crisis and I was like no. I'm not I'm not um so do I think it's interesting no I don't feel like it's interesting. Are you a little mad? I'm so mad. (laughs) I'm so angry. And then I had to like change all my ad copy to be like the record instead of like calling it masks. Cause like it was like a, it was a dirty word on Facebook, Facebook Uh, ad platform. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Enough about me. But it does. I'm so curious. (laughs) We need to interview you on your podcast. Um, I love it when people, when we just like talk back and forth. But I actually was thinking the other day, like episode 100 is going to happen sometime this year. And I'm trying to think like, I was thinking like, maybe I should get someone to interview me. You should. That. But I like interviewing other people. I know, but it's time we meet you. <laughs> um. Okay. So maybe I'll just ask you like one last thing. What? And we can like talk about this for as long as you want. But so the podcast is called Artifice mm-hmm. um, because... Not because I think we're faking, but because I think artists um, inherently, like no matter what, no matter how much you talk about your process, there will be things about like what leads up to the art you make that people just don't know and won't see. And I love to give artists an opportunity to like talk about that stuff. Um, so it's not like an intentional, like it's, I always say this, but like, first of all, it's just a cool word that has art at the beginning. But furthermore, I think like it, it may be kind of, for me like it represents this kind of idea of like what's the stuff that's in your artistic makeup or your artistic identity or the stuff you've struggled with or the stuff that you're just like I never struggled with this I'm so good at it or like is there anything else we've talked about a lot of it but is there anything else that you want to talk about that's like in the behind the scenes of like who you are as an artist anything else like Hmm. struggles or or otherwise or hacks or just like this is how I do it this is how I see it like anything you want um yeah I think we've gone over kind of where my influences are my upbringing what's kind of shaped me into who I am and my fight against it uh our album that we released last year is called new religion yeah and the cover of it we're like all angels yeah and my mother didn't speak to me for three days after she oh, saw no. it. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm like, mom, I'm not trying to be Jesus here. <laughs> it's just you're finding a new path, a new yeah. way of spirituality. Being spiritual is very important to me. And it took me a while to find the magic again after I lost my faith. Um, and so that whole album is just about everything you can't talk about sex drugs and politics yeah and it was just like i have something to say yeah (laughs) does it do do you feel like do you feel closure like from saying it i feel like a band-aid's been ripped off that's most of my body and i feel like i'm you know yeah naked standing there a little bit more it's (sighs) it it's good it's terrifying and it's good it's very good for me to do that but also it's still weird yeah like being like 
being a front woman of a band, being like, you know, the lead singer, yeah. you just feel like, oh, okay, I feel everybody's eyes on me now, and yeah. I'm supposed to act a certain way and do the certain thing. But then you have to go back to the drawing board and be like, wait, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm doing this because I have something to say. Yeah. And I want to uh, have community with others that love music and look to it for healing and help. Yeah. And so I got to keep going to it. And so I think hacks would be right now. I, I bought <laughs> just recently. I'm like, okay, I felt dead for months because yeah. we've been in this pandemic and let's change things up. So I bought, uh, all the magnetic poetry I could find, put it on my fridge. I got a typewriter. Cool. So I could just really get like into write it in and like write. a tactile way. Yes. Yeah. Wait, are you writing music or prose? Just prose. Okay. Well, I am actually working on a personal album. Cool. I'm finally learning how to songwrite. Cool. And it's actually good therapy because the only time I can write a song is when I'm sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm yeah. therapy and getting out an album at the same time. So it's really nice. Cool. And Mouth is working on their second album. But um, also getting my sewing machine out. Um and just creating a space to create and turn off everything that's social media. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Just making like a conscious effort to like give yourself creative space, to give yourself that daydreaming space. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like this thing of like the front woman thing and like what am I supposed to look like and then like what am I actually doing? What's the point of it? Do you feel like that is the kind of thing that's just like a perpetual like that kind of will never uh, you'll, you'll always kind of be going back and forth or do you feel like it's the kind of thing that you just haven't like kind of fully, like deeply, like in your bones settled into? I don't know if it'll ever feel comfortable. Yeah. I think that's one of those perfect, like artifice things. Like nobody would ever know. Cause like you said, they see you on stage and they see like a thing and it's like, whatever. Yeah. And they, they, they paint a little picture for you and they stick you there. Yeah. And like when you see the fans come back for, again for you and you're like, Oh my gosh. You like this? Yeah. You see me? This you connect with this? This is rad. Yeah. And then you have like a consistent like what am I doing? What's the point? Like I yeah. don't mean like what's the point, but like what's yes. the purpose? Oh, yeah, yeah, what is the point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I meant like what's the purpose? Like why am no, I doing it? What's like valuable? Yeah. Like who am I in this? What how much of this is this character and like when we're performers, I think we owe our audience like a little bit of character, even if it's just in the sense of like, if like, even if you're like always Rachel on stage, like you can't maybe be like, I feel like I'm always authentic on stage, but if I had like a really, really shitty day, I don't need to tell the audience about that. No. So I'm maybe going to be like a, like a better day, Emily. Yeah. Um, which is still like, that's, that's a bit of a character. Yeah. It's a you character, but it's like a, <laughs> yeah, but it's, I am now on stage. So I am right. performing for you. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's the kind of thing that maybe people would not expect that we go through. Um, maybe they would, but yeah, that kind of like, that kind of like constant, like, do I need to update like my stage presence? because I've sufficiently changed or am I just in a weird mood? Like, this yeah. And then month? you overthink it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like yeah. what are the boundaries of authenticity yeah. when you're a performer? The best thing about my band is that we're all really good friends yeah, and we, trust. we've been having fun and I yeah. won't do this band thing unless we're having fun. That's awesome. 
That's like my promise to myself because I've seen too many bands fall out, hate yeah, each other. Get too serious or too like yeah, like focused on the wrong thing. And like I'm like they uh, lose the point. Yeah. And I'm like humbled every time I'm with them because they're all very seasoned musicians. Yeah. And I'm so grateful they tell me that Rachel, you're doing a really good job. Yeah. I'm really, like we're proud That's of you because I just stepped into that. They're like, I had no idea yeah. you could do this. Well I think <laughs> I was gonna say I think I started saying this before and then got distracted. Like you don't have like a ton of art training. Like some people do, like you don't, you don't have like, I'm like, I have a master's degree and lots of us, you know, like whatever, but you seem like more of an artist to me. Like, I feel like you feel like more of an artist to me than I feel like I am. Um, which is just like, it's just so, it's that's weird. Silly. I, I know. <laughs> I think, but I think that's my point. Like, mm. um, we just, we just, we just feel things like we just are like, cause I think I feel like I've invested so much time in art and it's such a huge part of who I am. Yes. But I definitely don't think that someone like someone would see you at the grocery store and be like, I bet that girl could be an artist. And like, I guarantee no one's thinking that about me. They're like, I bet that girl has a bunch of kids. Um, <laughs> and like that thing trips me out like that. Just like that kind of stuff trips me out sometimes. Do you um, think you only feel that way because you live in Utah? Yes. 100%. <laughs> Same. Yeah, 100%. Same. Yeah, because if you were like looking exactly how you look, which like whatever, it doesn't matter, but except that we totally make assumptions about each other based on how we look and how we present um, in in like these kind of topical ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, but in California, I'd be the most boring person. That, I was just going to say, even like in Dallas, like I don't think anybody would be like... But yeah, it is so homogenous here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do kind of feel like, sorry, I look like, I look like I'm blonde, you know, like, <laughs> sorry, I'm blonde and I'm in Utah. No, but you're so great. <laughs> and you. also your art takes, uh, it's so much training and like, it's amazing what you're doing you. and creating your artwork is beautiful. It sounds Thank beautiful. But it takes all that training to do all that to create what you create. I I can fake it. Well, I talk about this with my guests all the time. Like we all just do different stuff. Like and it's so I think it's so beautiful how yeah. like some of our backgrounds include like practicing five hours a day and going to a conservatory. And some of our backgrounds include just like freaking exploring everything yeah and then like yeah but for my genre i can fake it yeah and for well, what you're doing it's 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 amazing it's an academic it's, type of a thing it's, it's yeah. so yeah it's intense it's jazz yeah, yeah. like yeah. hello <laughs> yeah i like it though i like it but i think we as artists we understand these things about each other and sometimes like the public doesn't which is one reason why it's great to talk about it yeah and we still respect each other and love like the art that's coming out because it's it's all music it's every it's yeah a wonderful thing that connects us body and totally. soul to each other well and just like feeling inspired i mean i don't know about you but i feel so easily inspired by other people Same. like yes i feel in awe of other people all the time and like when someone is a different type of an artist than me there's no better likelihood that that will like totally move me like yeah. if someone else does something that i'm like i 
couldn't do that. Like, it just makes me feel like, oh, how are you doing that? Like, yeah. I feel so like wonder, yes, wondrous about it. And how many times have we had songs that inspire other songs? Yeah. Or movies that inspire songs or paintings that inspire movies or, you know, whatever books that inspire paintings. We all help (laughs) each other. I feel like as artists, we are the architects of the future. Yeah. We are going to be the ones that are going to create this new world that needs to be made right now. Yeah. I said, I said earlier, we were going to talk about that, like how art helps us connect better to people, but I think we've kind of done it Mm -hmm. right yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say about it? How art like will help us maybe solve our world or creativity in general. But I think we, I think you kind of yeah. said it. <laughs> like yeah. it gives you, maybe it gives you the perspective to like stand in awe of people who can do things differently than you can. Yeah. And I think we need to throw out the comparison and collaborate. Yeah. I think we need to become community and use art to help heal and teach and inspire wonder i love it um this is like the perfect place to end but i did promise that i would ask you about being a witch do you want to say anything about it (laughs) probably not okay okay um uh, maybe i'll just say Hmm. like all the witches that i know are really amazing people they are and maybe just like leave a little breadcrumb for the listener find a witch that you know and talk to her about what or that's him. like or him yes. there's not a different word for male witches uh i guess warlock i don't know i, don't I know. thought maybe witch was gender specific i don't know I don't well know. anyway find your find your find your inner witch yeah or because... your or your next door neighbor witch or yeah whatever and just um be curious and don't have judgment about it Right? Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. That's I wanted thing. to maybe just give you an opportunity to like... I mean, if you're like into the moon or nature or herbs or yeah. cooking or helping out others or a midwife. It feels like... I know very little, but it feels like a type of spiritual practice that is very creative and like aligns with like your creative like self. Yeah. Like in a tactile way, even. Definitely. I mean, it's ritual. Yeah. And if you could bring ritual and meaning and intention to every day, whether it be tools of just talking to your coffee or your plants yeah. in the morning. So it gives you some good feelings throughout the day, saying a little prayer. That's all wonderful things to give your day um, and yourself uh protection and energy yeah as you move through your day are you doing readings i'm not doing any readings anymore okay um i'm curious about your alice in wonderland cards (laughs) we'll talk about it later yeah (laughs) rachel thank you so much oh wait oh my gosh emily i forgot i always do two closing questions okay listen i'm out of practice because i haven't done a podcast (laughs) in like two weeks it's okay it's been thanksgiving (laughs) also i'm just enjoying chatting with you um Okay, sorry. I'm supposed to ask every guest, what's your dream collaboration? Oh my gosh. Well, it depends on what we're working on. Just today. Like, <gasps> on this very day, in this very moment, if you could snap your fingers and be doing a collaborative project with someone, what would it be? Or 
several people. You're welcome to assemble a whole team. Oh, man. I would love to collaborate with uh, Allison Mosshart from The Kills. Cool. Or Karen O. That would be amazing. Cool. Music-wise. Um, what about, like, films? Any, like, directors you'd or actors you'd definitely want to work with? Mm, not so much actors. But maybe, like, uh, designers. Oh. What is her name? I probably don't know, but <laughs> if I had some clues, I could try to help. I probably don't know, I, though. I can't think if of If you think name. of it, tell me later. Okay, final question. Where can people find you? Um, Let's see. I... Hmm. <laughs> so I have a website. Okay. It's rachelclarkhmua.com. Is, sorry, does Clark have an E on the end? No. Okay, and Rachel only has an E. It's Correct. not an A-E-L. Yes, so okay. R-A-C-H-E-L-C-L-A-R-K-H-M-U-A dot com. Okay. It's my website. Rad Wombat is my Instagram, but I keep it very private. So okay. if you don't introduce yourself, then I won't add you. Okay, <laughs> fair. Um, I just, like, yeah, I have very solid boundaries. Yeah. And I'm working on a lot of personal things right now. Yeah. Um, and What about Mouth? Where do we mouth, find Mouth? It's the band Mouth. On Instagram, M O W T H. M O W T H. Uh, you can find that on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, uh, Instagram, Facebook, but just type in the band mouth. Okay. Those three words. Okay. Rachel, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel and ad segment music by Jerem Hansen. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.